You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking a beat or something, and yeah. right in the face, punch a little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast, and yet to bring up not one sport. <laughs> Alright, welcome in. Episode 104 of the Hot Ritz Podcast. I'm Travis Shadon. With me, as always, Spencer Maddox. We are recording remotely, and we are coming fresh off of our latest interview with Mayor Van Johnson. Spencer, we have gotten after the mayor in previous episodes. We finally linked up with him, had him on for about 25 minutes. Uh, we literally just finished recording that interview. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of geeked right now, bro. That was juicy. That was, that was pretty awesome, dude. Uh, I'm a big J journalist now. This is no longer a hobby. Well, it hadn't been a hobby for a while because we're over a hundred episodes, but you know, big J journalism over here. That's all I have to say. So I think we held our own, like, and look, I think last time when we listened and if you want to go back and listen, episode 48 was the first interview with the mayor. We did come off a little bit like kiss assy, like we were kissing the mayor's ass and thankful to have him on, which we were, but right. it just came off a little bit soft. I mean, I think our main topic there was the Durant Avenue globe. Um, so this was a little heavier. Like this was about St. Patrick's Day, actual changes in city of Savannah government. Um, we talked about the Johnny Mercer Theater, uh, the arena opening. Um, and I think, look, we pushed back enough to where I think the mayor caught on that we weren't fans of some of the stuff that he had done. But, you know, it, it was contentious enough without being an all out fight. I'll just say that. Right. I mean, I think we I think it was extremely civil nothing else uh clearly we disagreed uh with a lot of the wording and a lot of uh you know whether it was necessary or not going in and i think honestly he kind of won me over on a few things um obviously a super well-spoken dude um nice enough guy you know you know, face of you know when you're whenever you're talking to him so i i think it was a positive overall just having yeah. him on and i am I, the dynamic changed, like as I said to you from the, the first time we had him on, it was a little bit of a fluff piece coming on. It was like almost like a big break for us. Like we, that was early on in our process. Yeah. Um, and we're a little bit more established this time around. So it was cool to have him back on and, uh, it'd be a different dynamic. And also it was cool that he reached out to us too, or his office reached out to us. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, and so look, we won't keep you guys long before we get you to that interview. We're not going to do our usual thing where we go through, you know, the Atlanta professional basketball franchise and, and college football and NFL. We want to get you to that interview as soon as possible in this episode. Um, but look, we do have a couple of things to touch on um, sports wise before we get you to the mayor interview. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Coach's Corner, our title sponsor. You know him, you love him. The number one sports bar in Savannah. 912-352-2933 if you want to call ahead. 3016 East Victory Drive. You need to start preparing your minds mentally now for March Madness. Don't wait till right before March Madness, then start printing out your bracket, looking for a place to go watch the game. That's a rookie move. Plan ahead. Plan your March Madness around Coach's Corner in Savannah. Tell John Henderson, the owner, that we sent you. They will hook it up on that bill for you find coaches corner on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out the other coaches corner sports network shows, rubbing and grubbing Brandon Bain, our guy, NASCAR guy, uh, 19th hole coming up, uh, for the masters with the herb brothers. Uh, then we got Carl Demasi, our guy, Carl, uh, on Saturday mornings, soon to be back on Wednesday nights as well. Check. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Check all that out on the coaches corner. Facebook page. And again, 3016 East Victory Drive, 912-352-2933 if you want to call ahead. Um, Spencer, quickly, opening day in baseball was scheduled for March 31st. That was the Braves' first game. Today, Monday, as we record this, was the deadline for baseball's players and owners to come to an agreement. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, it sucks. It sucks that we could potentially be missing actual baseball at the end of the month, they've had so much time to come up with an agreement since December. And it seems like they've made no headway at all. 
like I'm now teetering 50-50 whether we're going to have baseball, you know, come April 1st. Um, I don't think we're going to have baseball come April, personally. That um, sucks. And in a lot of uh, other labor disputes in other leagues, I have, you know, understood where the owners were coming from, at least. Um, I'm still probably on the player side of things, but in this one, I am totally 110% on the player side, not to get too bogged down in this, uh, but there's minor leaguers living out of their car and shit. So like, let's get this figured out, man. Like uh, it's, it's just ridiculous that, that with all the money that in Liberty media even just released their quarterly earnings or their yearly oh my earnings God, what a and they bad were time. through the roof. What a bad time to be showing like billion dollar profits, basically. Do you Unreal. know, can I drop a stat on you? In 2012, all of the Major League Baseball teams combined were worth $12 billion, with a B, $12 billion. Now they're worth $122 billion. Yeah. $122, like, clearly there's enough money to go around. Um, look, I'm not going to, we're not going to fight about who's right and who's wrong. They had better figure got, it the fuck out. Well, you've got guys showering at Planet Fitness. Man, like you've got actual players not able to afford to live, basically, and are being paid basically less than minimum wage to train, to do all the stuff that has to go into uh, being a professional baseball player, um, and they're profiting off of that. So it's wrong, man. It's, but if you're it's the players, like they're absolutely one hundred ten percent in the wrong, and they need to fix it. If you're the players, though, you can't be asking for every. You can't expect to get everything. This time around, like you got to do your work early and and concede something. Like I don't know, it just seems like they the players know how this is going to go, and they're just foregoing the fact that they're probably going to get screwed at the bargaining table. Like that's probably I, I don't know. I I disagree uh, patentedly. I think the players gave away way too much um, in discussions last time and in negotiations last time, and the owners have profited off of that tremendously. Fair. And it's time to pay the piper. If I were the players, I would not play um, until they got a fair share. That's just well, me. And that sucks to say because I'm a baseball guy. Dude, put the crown on me, baseball guy. But they've they've got to they've got to make a stand, it, it, unfortunately. And and the fans and the players are ultimately the ones that are going to pay the price. Yep. Look, once games start being canceled, we're going to really find out. We're, it's going to test the resolve of this players' union because once game checks start not coming in. That's when we're really going to see how dedicated they are to this. It seems like they're, they have much more resolve this time around than last time around. Um, but look, once it's all a different story. Once money stops coming in, they don't get paid in the off season. They don't get paid during spring training. So they haven't missed out on any money yet. When they start missing out on money, we're going to really find out how dedicated the players union is to this. Um, all right, we'll move on, Spencer. Another thing in baseball, quickly, Derek Jeter and the Marlins, quote, mutually part ways. Uh, that's, hilar- that's hilarious. A.K.A. Derek Jeter. You can't fire Derek Jeter because he's a biracial angel. Um, so Derek Jeter left before he was fired from the Marlins. Safe to say that that did not work out. That did not work out very well. No, it did not. Uh, although people do forget they almost, almost – Won the NL East in the lockout shortened season or in the COVID shortened season, excuse me. People do forget um, that. So he did experience some success, although in a 60 game race to the finish season in which the Braves still won the NL East. So all good. I mean, what, dude, when you're playing against Austin Riley, guys like Austin Riley, the young, handsome Babe Ruth, young, handsome and Max Babe Freed, Ruth, Max Freed, the best hitter in all of baseball, it makes sense that you're going to lose year in, year out. So uh, good luck to Derek Jeter. Go some go to another division, dog. All right, uh, local stuff. Just want to alert our listeners. You need to keep an eye out on Savannah State football this week. Uh, seems like we're getting closer to their hiring a head football coach. We've obviously been pro Russell Demasi on this podcast. You guys know that. Um, I know that um, Russell has already interviewed with Savannah State. They've already interviewed um, uh, several other people. They have not concluded the final interviews yet. However, so it could be closer to St. Patrick's Day before we find out something, but it's incredible that Savannah State still hasn't named their head football coach full-time yet. Um, Spencer, you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, we, uh, we're we going to 
protest if they don't name Russell the head coach, right? Like he's, yeah. he's the obvious choice, right? Yeah. yeah. And it might not be a peaceful protest. I can't say it will be. No, I can't either. I mean, we went up against big oil, dude, and won. So, I mean, show me, show, I'll show you the receipts, dude. You don't want to fight the Hot Grits podcast, dude. You don't want to fight the G fam. We're coming for you, Savannah State football. If you screw our guy out of this, we're coming for you. Yeah, take that, Parker's Atlas Shrugged 2 and the Globe. The Globe stays forever. Um, All right, keep it local. Four teams in the Class 3A basketball state playoffs Elite Eight this week. Wanted to shout out Windsor Forest, Groves, Beach, and Johnson. Pretty incredible that half of the Elite Eight is from the city of Savannah and half of it's from the rest of the state. Um, Also, Calvary Boys in the Elite Eight, as well as Woodville Tompkins. So Savannah, out of their 14 schools, has six teams, count them, six teams in the boys' basketball Elite Eight this week across the state. Savannah's a basketball city, always has been. Atlanta can suck it. Per capita, this is the basketball capital of Georgia. There, I said it. Um, Straight up. And my baby cousin, my baby cousin's on that elite team, elite eight team at Calvary, man. Kellen oh, Blankenship. Really? He's got it. He's got a sweet shooting stroke, man. He's also a listener. Hell yeah. Well, clearly the apple fell far from the tree because I've seen no, your stroke no, on no, the basketball no, court. No, no, no. I was a better player than you, and you know it. It's all good. Spencer, were you ever named to the honorable mention all region team as a basketball player? No, but I had length, dude. I was rangy. Okay, so 2010 all region, 5.3 points per game. They don't just hand those out, guy. They literally do. Yeah, they literally hand them to the whole region. Um, <laughs> all right, well, look, we'll wrap up. We're going to get you guys now to our interview. The long-awaited interview with Mayor. I'm fumbling around stuff. The long-awaited interview with Mayor Van Johnson coming up. Now, um, after a few words from our sponsors for the show, Spencer, how do they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. I'm at on Sports. It's at The Hot Grits for the show on Instagram and at Podcast Grits on Twitter. Um, stay tuned for our interview now with Mayor Van Johnson. Coming up after a word from our sponsors, we will see you guys next week for episode 105 of the Hot Grits podcast. Till then, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Okay, we're now welcoming on Mayor Van Johnson, the 67th mayor of the city of Savannah, his second time uh, with us on the Hot Grits podcast. Last time we had him on episode 48. And now episode 104, we're having them back on about roughly a year uh, to the day to when we had you on last time, Mayor Johnson. How, how's it been going in the last year in office? Hey, uh, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. It's good to be back uh, for episode 104. A lot has changed from episode 48, um, but we're glad to report um, we're still here and we're still Savannah Strong. Okay, Mayor, well, we have a few things that we want to get to. Um, we want to talk about St. Patrick's Day and the changes going on with that. We want to talk about the arena. But I, I think since Spencer and I last recorded, the everything that's gone on in Ukraine and with Russia, like we do want to at least acknowledge that because obviously what we're going to be talking about today, not as weighty, not as important as what's happening in the Ukraine. So I, I did want to at least acknowledge that before we start you know, talking seriously about St. Patrick's Day. Um, I guess for you, tracking all this in the media and watching everything that's going on, what are are some of the things that have come to mind for you? Well, obviously, um, um, we're, you know, extremely concerned about what's going on. Um, You know, we have been blessed that we have not in our country been uh, in these, have conflict like that in our home soil. Um, I think that Russia, uh, particularly Putin, is a, a bully. And I think that, you know, you have to stand up uh, to bullies. So, I mean, big ups to um, our folks. Locally, um, we, it was announced that we'll have about 3,800 soldiers, uh, primarily composed of the 1st Army Brigade Combat Team of the 3rd Infantry Division from right here uh, in Savannah and Fort Stewart, will do deploy to um, reassure NATO allies 
um, and to defer to ter, uh, further aggression against NATO member states. So, you know, we have some skin in this game. And so we're obviously very concerned about that. You know, these are our uh, men and women. These are our sons and daughters. Um, and we want them to be OK. Yeah, for sure. We echo those sentiments. Obviously, those people, those men and women, we're thankful for how brave they are and for, you know, defending us over there and definitely pro-Ukraine in this whole uh, war. I guess that's not too much to say that. Um, no, but let me tell you this. I mean, but the president, the president is a beast. I mean, look, I mean, that's my yes. guy. I mean, you know, stand up to them. And I just, you know, I'm admiring the fact that he's, you know, you know, he's he's standing up and you have to stand up to bullies. And so I appreciate that for him. Yeah, well, everything President Zelensky has come off really well so far. I mean, like from afar, it just it's sort of inspiring, even though, you know, there's not too much skin in the game for us over here in Savannah. Um, OK, well, Mayor Johnson, no easy way to segue off of that, but I'll try. OK, um, I want to first with everything with St. Patrick's Day and the changer. And we've talked about it in episodes um, leading up to this with you. But but I guess I want to give you a chance. Can you summarize for our listeners the general plans, uh, the changes to this year's St. Patrick's Day, um, as opposed to St. Patrick's Day in the in the past? Is there sort of like an elevator summary that you can you can give our listeners? Well, sure. I think the most important thing is that we're on. We are on. Our numbers, our COVID numbers, are uh, have, have trended down in, in a magnificent way. Um, and so for the first time in two years, Savannah will have a St. Patrick's Day observance. Now, it will be somewhat different and, and it probably should be. Um, obviously, we're still uh, in the midst of a pandemic. So we want to make sure we have um, we have modified some behaviors. Uh, our parade will be um, a little smaller than that it is in the past. Uh, most people won't even recognize that. Um, we have really changed the festival atmosphere to really give our local businesses an opportunity to win. So you won't see as much uh, bending on the streets. Um, we want you to go into Savannah businesses and we want you to spend your money in our restaurants, uh, in our clubs, in our bars. Uh, and then I think the other thing that people might like to hear is that we've extended our to-go cup zone. Uh, People might remember there used to be a time where you would come in and you had to be within a certain area of River Street or a certain area in the city market. Now uh, you can expand out. We want you to see our city. We want you to enjoy our city. And again, we want to give our local businesses an opportunity to make some money from uh, this time. They have really suffered and we want to make sure that they have an opportunity to be a part. Okay, and uh, Mayor Johnson, you've said in the past that this is an opportunity to, quote, change the narrative for St. Patrick's Day. What was the narrative that, that you were wanting to change? Well, that you come to Savannah and you get smashed. Um, you know, that's not what Savannah is. It's not what Savannah's about. There's two sides to this. The first side is that uh, this is a religious uh, observance uh, for the Irish, uh, the Feast of, of St. Patrick, um, who is the patron saint of the Irish. This is a religious day for them. Uh, and so uh, half of the activities that are going on are in support of that religious observance. The second part is, of course, you know, we, we celebrate the Feast of St. Patrick um, with everything green. Um, but we know that our celebration here just really resolved, um, kind of degraded to um, people just drinking more than they can drink uh, and people really not enjoying the experience as much. It's gotten to the point where some businesses just closed because it really wasn't worth it because people weren't spending their money like that. So this is an opportunity to reset it, see what happens, see how it goes. And then we go from there. Okay. So, but do you, I mean, do you think that people getting drunk on St. Patrick's day took away from the religious acts? aspects of St. Patrick's Day? I guess I'm trying to understand what the amount that people drink on one day of the year has to do with how the holiday is enjoyed or, or experienced by the businesses in Savannah. Well, well, it deals with what our brand is and what Savannah is all about. And what we saw in terms of some significant public safety concerns, some significant public health concerns uh, as it related to 
um, the not only the drinking, but the activity that came from the drinking, um, issues of sexual assault, issues of trafficking, uh, a variety of things. And again, the question becomes, what do we want Savannah to be known as? And again, I'm not again, I'm not uh, against people drinking and having a time in their lives. I certainly do that myself, but I do think that there is a point. And this this thought was shared. Um, by many uh, in our community that were responsible for putting on uh, this this observance every year. Um, and so this creates an opportunity for us to help keep people safer and make sure more people enjoy themselves. And uh, Mayor Van Johnson, I do believe that almost everyone would agree that the drinking on St. Patrick's Day has gotten to a point where it, it can be dangerous for sure. Um, I think that is a universal thought. My question is, how will extending the to-go cup zone uh, from where it traditionally has been, um, how will that impact over over drinking in any way? That's my personal well, question. Right. Well, expanding the to-go cup zone was really more, again, about public safety, about keeping uh, people safe in the midst of a, a pandemic. The goal was was to expand the area. Uh, for those people okay. who are familiar with Savannah St. Pat's, you know, you just had thousands upon thousands of people um, packed onto River Street. Um, and again, you know, that wasn't safe. I didn't necessarily do much with drinking, but it certainly wasn't safe. So in this case, we've extended that to um, not only River Street, but then other areas, of course, um, uh, city market as well. Um, we have the new Stalin area. Well, it's not new, but it's down there as well. So it creates opportunities for people to hang out in the Stalin area. And then I think it's, it's two types of folks. You have folks that live here and folks who don't. Uh, and so we wanted to create opportunities that if someone is local and they want to be a part of the St. Patrick's experience, but don't necessarily want to be downtown, then they have that opportunity to do that. So we're expanding the to-go cup zone for 24 hours. That is just on that Thursday. Understood. And uh, you did mention that a lot of bar owners or restaurant owners or just business owners in general might close uh, for this week or this celebration. No, um, no, no. But sir. I do no. know. No, 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 uh, no, no, that no, no, sir. In in the past, business owners have have closed because um, just because it wasn't worth it, and that's what they've reported to us. No, I think people uh, uh, by and large are very supportive of the changes, and I think everybody's going to be open. Correct. I didn't mean to misspeak. I apologize. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, with that in mind, I do know that there are many business owners who have felt starved by not having this celebration the past two years and are extremely excited to, to have it back. Yes. Um, what could you say to those business owners? And could you, uh, you know, calm some of the fears they might have that the festival will change or they might make less money in years that they have in years past. What would you say to those business owners? I would say that we're back open again. I say that in 20, 20, they made nothing. In 2021, they made nothing because we didn't have those types of celebrations. Um, you know, the question is that every business owner I've talked to did not just want to make money for money's sake. They wanted to have a safe experience and make as much money as they can. And so I think in this case, we'll do both. Um, on Thursday, uh, Thursday is generally not uh, a high watermark day for us. Uh, in the life of St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Um, generally, it's when it's a Friday or a Saturday. So this is a very good transition year for us to look at the changes, see what happens. And then if we need to make changes, uh, again, this doesn't necessarily mean changes for next year, but we'll just see what happens. It gives us a chance to kind of reevaluate. Some of the players on the field for us were not on the field in the last two years. So it gives them a chance to see it as well. So, um, you know, we'll be watching, we'll be evaluating, we'll be seeing what works. And again, we've shown, um, you know, the propensity that if things are not working, then, you know, we'll make change. And of course, as we've done, even in this process, we'll talk with uh, our local businesses, we'll talk with our stakeholders, we'll talk with our law enforcement and see, you know, what went well, what we need more of, what didn't work well, what do we need less of, what do we need to eliminate? Mayor Johnson, did you expect to have so much back, or I guess, did you expect to have any backlash at all when, when you labeled it a drunk fest on St. Pat for St. Patrick's Day? I mean, do you think 
were you surprised when some people took offense to that? I, I didn't experience any backlash. Lash. Well, there's plenty of backlash, like on social media and and I mean, other channels. I mean, yeah, that's that's social media. I mean, no, I mean, I think people. Are well, insane. they're real people too, though, Mayor. I mean, they, they, their opinion counts. Well, uh, I think that people understood what I was saying and what we did not want it to be. And so my, my public comments are, are, are very, very clear. They said we did not want it to be a drunk fest. And I think that it's important to note, again, we wanted to be an experience that people remember, not the experience that people come here to forget. So, you know, I didn't, you know, we, we did not see that as being uh, negative. Um, and so we didn't see it as being a backlash. I think, again, um, the, the story here is that throughout this process, uh, the St. Patrick's Day Parade Committee and everybody engaged in St. Patrick's Day um, was involved in this conversation. And these are concerns that they noted. And these are individuals who are responsible for putting this on every year. So, um, you know, I don't see it as a negative. And I guess, again, we didn't necessarily see backlash. I mean, you know, in, in that way, I mean, I saw just many people being extremely supportive, saying that something needed to change. Okay, well, so I guess just to be clear, Mayor Johnson, you think that people previously, before COVID or before these changes um, are to be implemented, you think that people were having an experience on St. Patrick's Day in Savannah that they wanted to forget? No, I think that a lot of people had experiences that sometimes because of inebriation, they could not remember. There's a difference. Okay, so this change was implemented in, in order as a reaction to the people that were getting so drunk that they could not remember? No, this was a, this, these changes were uh, an opportunity for us to reframe what we wanted St. Patrick's Day to be in Savannah. And again, this is not only from the Irish community, this is from the law enforcement community, this is from the parade community, this is from the business community uh, of what they wanted St. Patrick's to be in our community. These are the stakeholders. These are the individuals who are responsible uh, year after year for carrying this out. And so all of them, all of them, all of them, uh, without question, said that they did not like the direction that our observance or celebration was taking. And they wanted an opportunity to uh, to reevaluate it. And the fact that we did not have a celebration over the last two years gave us the opportunity to do that. Okay, but is it fair to say, Mayor Johnson, that the majority of people attending a St. Patrick's Day parade in Savannah are not on any sort of board? They're not uh, any sort of directors. They're merely citizens, either from here or from somewhere else, just trying to enjoy themselves, you know, one day a year. Is it fair to say that the majority of people are not in a leadership position when it comes to St. Patrick's Day? No, it's fair to say that there is somebody who holds the party. There's somebody hosting the party. And so you have to listen to the people hosting the party, because if they're not hosting the party, there is no party. Um, the city of Savannah invests uh, a good deal of money uh, in these celebrations, most of it that we don't get back. Um, and so we do that because we want to be able to be good hosts. Uh, but the reality is there are uh, entities in this community and people who sit on boards, sit on organizations. They're responsible for hosting the party. If they don't want to host a party, there is no party. And so the party host um, determined that they wanted to try something different. And so this is a good year because uh, people are still not necessarily traveling because of COVID. Uh, it's on a Thursday. Uh, and so it provides us an opportunity to ease back into uh, our uh, our celebration and, and see where it is. Again, the other issue was is we want to make sure that we give our locals a chance to win. Uh, so therefore, we're saying we want you to use Savannah businesses. We want you to use Savannah bands. We want you to use uh, Savannah products. And so this gives us an opportunity to be able to do that. Okay, well, I want to let Spencer uh, chime in, but I, I'll ask one more. And those are all fair points, Mayor Johnson. I'm just trying to ask, you know, the questions that we've had and the questions that I think sure. our listeners would ask you, you know, if they had the opportunity um, I guess I'll, I'll ask you, Mayor Johnson, what would you say to people that, and I know you can achieve more than one thing at a time. What would you say to people who wonder why this was a priority uh, to, to change something that, that maybe people didn't know needed to be changed or, or 
you know, was demanding change. What would you say to people that wonder why this was a priority uh, over more pressing issues, more important issues, you know, such as crime or, or COVID or, or, or things like that? Well, uh, to be honest with you, they're all pressing issues. Uh, and we have to address all of them. And so you address crime. If you address issues of, of, of drunkenness, you address some issues of crime. Um, you know, COVID in terms of expanding the to go cup zone and, and keeping people from being, um, so close on each other, you're, you're addressing issues of COVID. So I think we have to address all of them. I think the most important thing that people don't realize is that there is a very clear and distinct difference between the St. Patrick's Day parade and the St. Patrick's Day festival. They are two totally separate sure. events, although they operate together. So we could have the parade. Uh, the parade can happen and then things go on. The city of Savannah creates the festival or creates the the party. But then you have entities such as the Riverfront Association, City Market, the Downtown Business Association that actually host the party. And so the the host of the party um, have come to us and said, hey, um, this is really getting to be too much. It's, it's a, a little too much for us to be able to police. It's a little too much for us to be able to conduct safely. Um, we want an opportunity to uh, look at how we do this. And so I think we, the city, uh, created an opportunity for us to be able to address it and still hold the festival and still hold the parade. So I think, you know, we were able to solve that. And again, we still deal with issues of crime. We still deal with issues of um, of, of COVID and we still deal with issues of everything else. You know, in city government, you have to deal with all, all of them. Okay, we'll get you guys right back to our interview with the mayor, Mayor Van Johnson. First, I'm going to tell you all about John Carr. You know him, you love him. He's our segment sponsor here on Hot Grits and he is the number one real estate agent in savannah whether you're buying selling or just want to learn more about the market you need to call john carr today 912-228-0916 find him on twitter facebook and instagram john carr with seaport real estate sold 1.7 million dollars in houses in january of 2022 and he can help you find or sell a house in this area call our guy john today tell him we sent you 912 912- All right, it's never too late to join the Savannah Adult Baseball League. Three leagues, 18-plus, 30-plus, and 40-plus. You can sign up today as a free agent before opening day on March 13th. S-A-V-M-A-B-L.com. S-A-V-M-A-B-L.com. Also find the Savannah Adult Baseball League on Facebook. Opening day, Sunday, March 13th. So check them out today, sign up, and play competitive baseball in the Savannah area. S-A-V-M-A-B-L.com. All right, right back to the interview now. Mayor Van Johnson. And Mayor Van Johnson, I think that's a really good point. Um, I did want to ask, I think a lot of bar owners and restaurant owners are supportive of the idea of there not being beer vendors on the street because that directly takes away revenue um, out of, you know, the bartenders out of the server's pockets as well as the business. Um, And I do want to applaud you for that. I think that's a fantastic idea and one that needed to happen. Um, It's a long time coming. Um, I did have a question though. What was the purpose or what's the idea behind removing um, performances off of River Street, uh, live bands, that that sort of thing. And how involved was the city in that decision, or was that a decision made by the uh, parade planners? Uh, it was both. Um, you know, those those bands have to be paid for, and because we were not doing wristbands, um, that was the way that we paid for the band. So essentially, the host didn't have the funds to be able to pay for uh, those bands. And so that's that's really the primary reason um, why we didn't do it. Um, and, um, you know, there are no funds to to pay for. Them. And I think, again, it was more important for 
us that our local bands, because when you looked at the bands playing on the stages, they were not local bands. They were from other places. We want our local bands to have a chance to get paid. And if they can't get paid in Savannah, you know, we want them to be able to to benefit from uh, being in hiatus. We want to see them focused. And so, um, you know, there are not only businesses and bars, um, there are some folks that have um, outside spaces. They have larger venues. And so those bands, um, some of them are telling me, hey, they're booked. You know, they, they're appreciating the opportunity that they're able to be the headliners for Savannah St. Patrick's Day celebration. Yeah, that makes sense to me, I think. Uh, yeah, I think everyone can agree that's a good thing. Uh, I just wanted some clarity on that. And sure. uh, I think I think that's all my questions as it pertains to St. Patrick's Day. Travis, if you have any more. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the arena for a minute. Mayor Johnson, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about that the St. Patrick's Day stuff because I think that may, may answer – like I think we can disagree on maybe some of, some of the like outlying stuff, but I think the important stuff most people would agree – um, on everything that you just said right there. Uh, but I do want to ask you about the arena. Look, I know that you've been really, really honest in other interviews uh, about your displeasure with some of the aspects of, of the arena opening and the delays and all that stuff. And you wanted it to be, you know, perfect when, when it opened, uh, understandably. Could you, I don't know if you're far enough removed yet, but could you uh, maybe grade the process from start to finish? It seems like it's been a two decade type of thing since the conversation first started, but for you, how, how would you grade how the city of Savannah's councils and mayors, you know, leading up to you, to your administration, and then your administration, as far as the arena goes in the opening of it? I'll, I'll grade us a B. Um, and That's a fair re- grade. Yeah, I think that, um, and you have to look at it in several phases. Um, the B for this council is that we built the entire arena during a pandemic. Um, two years, literally, um, was built in a pandemic and we we forged through with it and we got it up. Um, before this council was really, um, first of all, a lot of discussion about whether we needed a new arena uh, and then about where we were going to put it and then how we were going to pay for it, and then where we were going to put it, and then where we were going to put it, and then if we needed it again. And so what would happen is is that the clock would kind of run out, um, and we would have to go through this process all over again. And so, you know, a lot of uh, shouts out to my predecessor, uh, Mayor Deloach, and uh, his administration, which I served on. Um, we made a decision, and, and so that helped us to springboard uh, from concept into uh, being able to build it. I mean, uh, you know, Augusta tried to get one financed and it didn't pass. Um, this arena is built and is built, you know, pretty much on budget uh, and pretty much on time. And, uh, you know, it's paid for. Yeah, which is always a plus when it's paid for. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you think we should do with the old Civic Center? I know I see that's now made its way to to the front of headlines and to the top of newscasts. What do you, yeah. could you summarize what, we, what you think we should do with that old civic center? Do you have a stance or do you see it both ways or? I do. Um, and you know, this is just me speaking, but um, I think that, you know, the old arena has to go. Um, it costs us too much to keep repairing it. Uh, it is outlived its usefulness. Um, it's a dinosaur. But I do think there is great value to the Johnny Mercer Theater, and I'm hoping that we will keep the Johnny Mercer Theater uh, and in that invest a significant amount of money to redo the Johnny Mercer Theater, to expand our ballroom, to expand our meeting rooms, to create um, some economic development opportunities on the outside of the arena, to create um, a rooftop uh, venue on top of the arena. I mean, at the at top of the Johnny Mercer. I think it has a lot of great uh, opportunities for us. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I know you're a pro Globe mayor. We know that from last time you came on, but also a pro Johnny Mercer mayor. I think we agree on that as well. Um, yes, sir. I I definitely would like to see the Johnny Mercer Theater stay, but I don't know. I don't know enough about the logistics or how much it would cost us, how much it would cost the city to keep that going, but. Um, you know, that was my follow-up question was the Johnny Mercer. So I think you answered that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much it would cost um, 
to be able to do it. I mean, my estimate, if we want to do it right, probably 40, 50 million dollars to really renovate that. And then the other thing is this for me is that, you know, the if we got rid of the Johnny Mercer, then we would have a 400 seat um, cultural arts center and then we'll have a 9500 seat arena. Yeah. And so if we don't, that means we are really, um, you know, we would be beholden to to SCAD for Trustees Theater and for the Lucas. We would have no, no you know what I'm saying? We go for 400. Like no middle ground. Right. And the fact is, is that uh, the Johnny Mercer Theater still hosts great concerts. Um, it's still a very nice venue. Uh, uh, musicians love playing there. It uh, has a really wide stage. Um, that, that people like coming into. And I think we can, again, uh, create ways of making it even more user-friendly. I mean, for example, you know, if you ever see back there where, um, I guess that's Barnett Street, where uh, the SCAD, like the hotel is, um, you know, when we have trucks coming in, there's really no good way to yeah. load in. So they have to kind of close off that street. I mean, I wish we can create bays where trucks can come in and artists, you know, these are, tour buses can come in and, you know, be absent from the street, but yet still within the facility. I think there's some things we can do. And Mayor Van Johnson, I did have one more question for you. Um, it's sort of a two-pronged question. And I'm going to try and ask this as fairly as possible. Sure. All right, here um, we go. So with the new arena, there have been some parking concerns um, that have kind of spilled over into downtown Savannah, the traditional downtown Savannah area. Um and I experienced that myself this past weekend. Um, there was, I mean, it was kind of a nightmare down there uh, with the concert. Um, you know, there's no, as I understand it, the parking's not finished near the arena. Um, yes. And then there's all the construction that's going on on Broughton Street that has seemed to take much, much longer than anticipated. Um, is this a case of the city almost biting off more than it can chew with the construction of a new arena and the refurbish, re, you know, refurbishment of Broughton Street, which is beautiful and was necessary. Um, is this biting off more than the city can chew or was this just attributed to COVID and all the delays that happened there? Um, no, I think, you know, it's a matter of we have to walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, the These are two separate projects. Um, and, and I agree with you, you know, Broad Street needed to happen. Uh, you know, people remember because of our listening to businesses, we actually stopped construction for an entire month um, during the holidays so that the businesses would be unfettered in terms of people coming into their businesses. Um, I was out there. I was at the concert uh, Friday. And of course, uh, it was a much different crowd, although, um, you know, people behaved a little differently than at the Eagles concert the week before uh, in that most of them took the trolleys. Other folks were trying to walk. They were trying to park. Um, you know, again, we knew that these were going to be some issues. Um, the good news is that we have um, we have a parking. We have parking lots in the area that we're using. We are hopefully have um, two big parking lots with surface parking online. Um, hopefully, uh, within the next couple of months, Gwinnett Street will open up fully, uh, and that will relieve some of that congestion as well. Um, we, we anticipated that it was going to be short-term pain, um, but we wanted to go ahead and get the arena open rather than just having a building there that's not happening. So, you know, we've said in the beginning, we're asking people to exercise patience. We're asking, you know, for them to use trolleys, use Ubers, use other types of, um, you know, plan ahead. Um, and, you know, more importantly, you know, it seemed like on Friday, everybody enjoyed the concert. Okay. Uh, I got, we won't keep you much longer, Mayor Johnson. I know you're busy. Uh, I got two more and then we'll close up um, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. Um, last year when we talked to you, I, I think we skipped by this a little bit, but I've heard you mention it other places as well. So I think it's worth bringing up the idea of having an NBA exhibition game or, or some some sort of affiliate with the NBA, either a G League uh, game or, or so, anything like that. I know you've talked about that enough to where it's important to you. What is that process like? Like how would Savannah land an exhibition game, say for the Hawks or, or for the Magic or some NBA team? Right. Well, thanks for, for asking. Um, so uh, there was an opportunity that I became aware of, um, the Atlanta Hawks, 
um, uh, they have, a, a, I guess, a D-League team, and uh, they did not have a place to play. Um, we got beat out by, I guess, College Park or some city right around Atlanta. They right. got it got theirs built up first. So, you know, we lost out on that opportunity. But um, we definitely think that we can create an opportunity where we can get um, some exhibition games um, to uh, Savannah. We have now an arena that can uh, host those types of things. And we've been and we'll be in contact with the, with the Hawks and, and the Braves and the Falcons and everybody else. You know, we want people to know that, you know, we have uh, Savannah is here. Uh, and so herein lies an opportunity for us. And um, I'm not giving up on us having um, some exhibition games uh, here in Savannah. Boy, that would be awesome. That would be it awesome. Would. Just from a basketball fan standpoint, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I love country music as much as the next guy, but I think I would definitely attend uh, an NBA game over over a country music concert. Me, me, too. me, me too, all day long. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, now that the venue is up, um, it gives us an opportunity to start talking. As you know, this, the season is still going on, but it allows us now to start talking about off seasons um, to kind of encourage that it could be it could be uh, an exhibition game. It could be a scrimmage, um, whatever it is. But, you know, to say, hey, we have an arena here with people who would come and see it. OK, Mayor Johnson, we'll close with this. Uh, the next mayoral election. Um, I hate saying that word because I never pronounce it right. Um, but the next election is November 2023. I, th yeah. I think is it safe to say that that you'll be running again? And if so, what do you hope to accomplish before that time? Like, do you see that as a as a clock for you and, and what you want to accomplish? Or, or is that just, you know, a mark on, on the table? Um, it's probably more so a mark on the table. I, the good news is, is that I've done this enough that um I've, I've trained myself not to look too far ahead. Sometimes you look so far ahead that you you stumble on the things that are in front of you. Um, so, you know, we have a very clear uh, four-year plan uh, for, for, this, for this administration. And so we're moving on, um, making sure that housing is affordable, um, making sure that uh, our businesses are able to prosper, making sure that we are doing what we can to keep people safe, um, not only being safe, but feeling safe. Uh, in our community. Um, violent crime is down 8% in our community, um, which is the context that people don't, they don't say, but it is. Um, and so, um, you know, it is a day-to-day -day deal and we look forward to that. And then, you know, next year there'll be a point at which, you know, you the ring opens up for um, people to get on to um, try to uh, attain uh, these types of servant positions on city council. And so, um, you know, I, I trust that when that, that time comes, I'm going to be ready to step in the ring and then we'll see who steps in the ring with me and, you know, we'll go from there. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's every four years you got to come and give an account of your, your stewardship. You have to give an account of what you've done um, with the public trust that people have given you. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate about what uh, this council has been able to achieve uh, in an unprecedented uh, two years. Um, and that Savannah is doing so much better than so many cities across the country and even in the state. Um, how we've handled COVID, how we've handled business development, how we've handled um, being able to address the issues that our citizens face. Um, and, you know, 2021 was the best year on record for many of our uh, businesses. Um, we have more jobs than there are people to fill them. Uh, the city of Savannah, we now pay a minimum $15 an hour minimum wage, um, which is important to us. Again, crime, violent crime is down 8%. Homicides were up too, um, you know, and that's still unacceptable to us. Um, so we have to continue to uh, work those angles as well. Um, so you know, we're firing all, on all cylinders. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a good time to be in Savannah and certainly a good time to be mayor. All right. There he is. MVJ, Mayor Van Johnson, the 67th mayor of Savannah on the Hot Grits podcast. Mayor, we really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, y'all eat hot grits. So, I mean, how is that? How, tell me about that. How, I mean, y'all sit around eating hot grits or 
So I think we came up with the name just based off of the camouflage song, and I think that's as ah. far as our I think that's as far as our thinking was going. Okay, I don't think okay. we went any deeper than that. Okay, okay. I, I didn't know whether y'all like you know y'all got together and just ate hot grits and asked questions. No, I didn't but know. hey, I think you're onto something, Mayor. That could be the well, next. Yeah. One. Well, maybe next time we can we can get some hot grits and uh, we we don't we can sit around and talk about issues of the day. Hey, we'll come down. Mayor, to I'm the actually Golden glad Dome you anytime. asked that. Uh, one one sec, Trav. I'm actually glad you asked that because I think a lot of our listeners are transplants, and right. Travis and I are both local Savannians. We've been here our entire lives, and yes, that is an homage to the late great Camouflage, the rapper. Uh, Savannah's <laughs> like, that's right. Yes. All right, man. Well, we'll talk soon. Good luck this year. Okay. All right, we're looking for. I guess 48104. So I guess uh, I'll be looking forward to what uh, 60, maybe 165 or so. Yeah, something like that. We'll stay on pace. We won't make it as long, uh, you know, as long as the time this time. Very good. Okay, take care, man. Thank you.